What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dad Podcast, hosted by myself, Sean Stafford. It's great to have producer Ollie back in the house. Say hi, Ollie. You're supposed to say hi, Ollie. You've lost your dad. You're at, you're literally, you've been away for three weeks and he's lost his dad bod bants. Anyway, it's great to have Ollie back in the studio today, but more importantly, we have an incredibly talented guest today. Musician, author, West End musical star, the one and only Harry Judd. Woohoo! Yeah, I just whooped myself. Good. Ollie's Oli, supposed to be your hype man. So Ollie's, Ollie's failing on I didn't, multiple yeah, fronts. Yeah, I didn't see any claps oh, sorry, from you sorry. there, Ollie. Thank you, mate. There we go. Quite the intro. Thank was was that. that a good intro? Decent, yeah. So something I, I like to do quite regularly is I would ask my guests to introduce themselves how they would want to be introduced. Oh, oh, so I introduce myself. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll throw it back on you. So if you were if you were to introduce yourself, say to to my wife's parents. Right. Okay. <laughs> quite specific. <laughs> okay. What would you? How would you introduce yourself to your wife's parents? Wow. Okay. This is a, actually a bit of a... I find something quite awkward, really. Like, if I'm meeting someone... This is going to sound really um, like wanky, but who doesn't know what I do or yeah. who, who I am, um, I hate I hate this situation because yeah. it's a bit of a weird one. It's like, oh, I'm I'm Harry. Like, oh, hi, Harry. What do you do? And I'm like... Um, I'm well, fucking famous, man. <laughs> come you on. You should know this. <laughs> no, in, in the point, I'm like, okay, so... I'm a drummer in a band and they're like, oh, okay, cool. You play the drums. I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. Like, what, do I know your band? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. They're like, what's the name of your band? I'm like, uh, McFly. And they're like, no way. And then you have that version yeah. of events or you have someone that hasn't heard of McFly. And so it's like, okay, so I'm in this band um, and then I did this dancing show. I dance a bit and um, yeah, did you guys have Dancing in the Stars where you're from? Yeah, well, in the UK, it's called Strictly Come Dancing. I did that and, and my band did quite well and, it's just an awkward yeah. conversation because sometimes people don't know how to react to it. So I've done terribly. I feel. <laughs> I feel like your <laughs> wife's parents do not like me. So, so would you would you go? I'm a I'm a musician. I'm a dancer. I'm I'd say a... yeah. I'd say fundamentally, I'm a musician. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, I was you... in in McFly. We were we were like. Wait, you're pop stars. 13, 14 years. Yeah, I guess yeah. you could call us that. It's a it's a weird thing when you're in it though. Like it's not it's not. I mean, with my mates, I'm always like. Guys, I'm an international pop star. Okay, can you yeah. take me seriously, please? Yeah. But uh, but the reality is, yeah, the guys in the band, like we, you know, we had a good run at it, and but we kept it real. I feel, you know, yeah, we were pretty normal guys. So you weren't you weren't driving around in Ferraris and just like running them into. Well, Danny was. Yeah, was that's the the northern one of the band. Yeah, he, he had a fair <laughs> few cars. Yeah, um, I've had a few nice cars, but yeah. um, yeah, man, we we like I say, I was. I'd say I'm a musician who happened upon dancing and that has been a good career for me, but I've done some stuff in fitness. Yeah. I've done, you know, some TV stuff. And so it's kind of a weird career, but I, I like it. So Cool. Um, how did it all start? So how did how did McFly come about? Two, two questions. How yes. did the band come about? And then yes. how did the name come about? Right. So basically... Um, You've heard of Busted, right? Yes. Yes, right. I actually, I actually played poker with Charlie from Busted. I knew you were going to say Charlie because you're quite posh. I was like, it's definitely going to be Charlie because he's the posh one. I, was I like, played poker with Charlie once about 10 years ago. Right, okay, yeah. So Charlie went to my school as well. Um, ah. So basically, Tom from my band McFly, he auditioned for Busted. So Busted was originally Matt and James, and they held auditions, and they chose Charlie and Tom. Right. Tom was in Busted for about 24 hours. 
Tom then got kicked out of Busted because they decided they didn't want him and they just wanted Charlie. Good choice, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and the management, <laughs> <laughs> the management were like, "Ah, oh, but we want to keep managing you, Tom. Yeah. We think you're talented, and you know, go away, write some songs." He thought he'd never hear from them. He was devastated. His dream was over. Six months later, he gets a call from them, and he's like, "Okay, Tom, come meet us tomorrow. Let's hear some songs you've been writing." And yeah. He was like, "Shit. Okay, I've never written a song in my life." He was 16. Wrote a couple of songs. Met the management. They were impressed. They then started developing him. He then went on the road with Busted, started, uh, became good friends with James in Busted, who's the main songwriter. Yeah. Started writing songs with James. They kind of created what would become McFly's first album. So this kind of new sound okay. that wasn't quite right for Busted, but it was like, oh, Tom, this could be the sound for your band. Tom then, God, I'm giving a really long-winded version of the story. That's so. interesting. So basically then Tom, um, the management, Busted then were became hugely successful. Yeah. Um, and the management were then asked by the record labels put, to put together a boy band and manage a five-piece like singing, dancing boy band. Yeah. And they asked Tom to come around the country, do the auditions and film, basically, just for a bit of extra pocket money. Yeah. At the audition, Danny turned up to one of the auditions with his guitar, right? And at these auditions, it was all like kind of guys singing Backstreet Boys, dancing, doing backflips, you know, worrying about their hair. Danny was this kind of northern dude who was into yeah, like yeah. Bob Dylan and Springsteen. And Proper guitar. music. Proper music, right? And they loved him. He was amazing. But they were like, he's not quite right for this boy band. He should meet Tom, who's also a guitarist, songwriter. Yeah. Um, the record label wanted Danny in this boy band. And they said, listen, Danny, you've got a record deal on the table, signed, ready to go. Or you can go and develop a project with this guy, Tom, who has nothing. Thankfully, he chose to work with Tom because it didn't feel right to get in the boy band. That was the beginning of McFly. Um, and they, Danny then started writing with Tom and James. They pretty much finished most of the album. Yeah. And they, along the way, were trying to find drummers and bass players, but couldn't find anyone. Um, they cracked on and went to play to record labels and everyone wanted to sign them. These 17 year old, like super talented they're the talented ones in the band, like super talented don't, singers. Don't sell yourself. <laughs> super talented singers, songwriters. They're like blowing everyone away. Everyone wanted to sign them, particularly also because it was like Busted's managers have this this new, yeah. you know, band. So they got the record deal. They signed with Island Records, and then with the weight of Island behind them, they held auditions. Uh, and then along came me. And they were uh, like, they were like, so we've got these two super talented musicians. Now mm -hmm. we need a good looking one. Now we need the good looking ones. <laughs> I like it. Now we need the good looking <laughs> drummer. <laughs> da -dum -dum. <laughs> so basically, I was at school playing in bands. Friend of mine, who I was in a band with, was trying to do what Charlie had done right. and join a band. So he was down in London auditioning. He met the management. They were like, "You're great, but you're not right for us. Do any of your mates play drums or bass?" He calls me dude, you've got to come and audition for this band that Busted's managers are putting together. Yeah. I thought it'd be funny and good to get a day off school. I'd never auditioned in my life. I wasn't trying to be in a band. I was yeah. just playing about at school. I was more interested in playing cricket, if I'm honest. And um, interesting. I just went along and yeah, they. I got down to like the final two and then suddenly it was between me and this guy and we. I spent like three, two days auditioning down in London. And they put you in a ring and made you fight. Pretty much, mate. It was like, really? like it a was, drum off. It was, yeah, we were literally like on and off the kit. It was, it was intense. And then when the manager dropped us off at the uh, train station, he was like, cool. So one of you is going to be joining a band that has a record deal, and, and the other one's just going to go back to a normal, <laughs> normal life. He's going to go back to school. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, wow, that's, that's intense. Um, and thankfully, yeah, they, they, they wanted me. And then 
Dougie joined and then we went on tour with Busted and, and then literally six months later our first single came out it was number one and then our album was number one and then it That's was amazing. just that was literally in the space of like eight to ten months and so was the name already there so was the it, name was, was already like there Project McFly it was so called it was McFly already... yeah okay. I went in I didn't have a say it was already McFly okay. and um, Tom is that J- from Back to the Future yeah, yeah yeah so Tom and Tom and James are big like movie geeks okay. Back to the Future is one of their favourite films obviously the character is Marty McFly for those yeah. of you who don't know and um, Danny wasn't convinced because he'd never seen the film he was like <laughs> mate that's a fucking shit name mate like, <laughs> that's my impression of Danny he's from Bolton um, and so Tom sat him down I sh- showed him the movie and during the film Danny was suddenly like mate mate pause it pause it rewind it and you know the bit where Biff they Biff like drives into the back of a manure truck? Yeah. And like all that manure goes into yeah, his yeah. car. On the side of the manure truck it says D Jones Manure Manufacturers and he's called Danny Jones. And he was like, Mate, it's a sign, it's meant to be So he then was sold on the name yeah. of Fly. And like I said, me and Dougie didn't have a choice, but That's incredible. Yeah, man, and then that so, was it. So number one single, number one album. Yeah. How many how many sort of top ten singles albums did you guys have because there was a time when you guys were the british kind of boy band pop scene right? yeah yeah i mean we we had well, in total we had seven number one singles which is Jeez. Um, yeah which is like something that we you know you know ollie's a big fan oh yeah is this true what yeah ollie earlier before you came in said that you your single was the first record he bought right was which, that right which ollie? one Five colors in her hair. Yeah, probably. Obviously. No, it's in like yeah, you're like my generation of. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Good. Doesn't look that fast now though, does he? <laughs> yeah, he's playing it cool. Ollie, for those of you guys that don't know Ollie, Ollie's like the coolest producer ever. He's doesn't it? Doesn't even hype people up when introducing them. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So we had uh, seven number one singles, um, two number one albums. I won a Brit Award, and it was all good. That's good amazing. times. Yeah, it was good. It was like just we just good timing i guess like it was when guitar it was very popular wasn't it yeah like busted kind of paved the way and then we they then broke up and we just carried on and it was great man we kind of cleaned up all the pop awards and any boy band that came along just failed instantly like the traditional singing dancing you know stand up off the stools wearing suits boy bands just were not cool anymore um and yeah it was a good time and so with that were there world tours was it you know what what did your life kind of day-to-day look like well i joined the band when i was 17 so i literally went so when i was doing this audition yeah i was meant to be going on a rugby tour to australia and right. i didn't go i mean i know it sounds like it's very privileged i went to you know i was very lucky to go to the school i went to and mate we've all been there yeah my so, sorry for you guys <laughs> sorry for you guys listening that might I not know, be just but we, we thought, oh that's so relatable harry you know what it's like hey, when you're you know in school it's... and you go on tour to australia mate, it's true it's, <laughs> it's fine true. so and i remember i was calling my mates because i was like i i can't go because i've got this second audition for this band and i called my best mate and i was like dude and he was in the bus on the way to the train yeah. uh, sorry on the way to the plane and i was like dude i'm i, I got in the band i'm leaving school and he was like, oh, Juddy got in the band. And it was, and I just like left school. And then whilst all my mates went on to do A-levels and then do gap years yeah. and uni, I was suddenly literally working every day. I mean, can't really call it work, but we- oh, You absolutely can call it Yeah, work. man, it was it was yeah. hectic <laughs> for like, we actually, we, we wrote an autobiography about five years ago and um, we found our old diaries. Wow. And we literally would have like half a day off in a month. And we just- 
went everywhere. And this was obviously before Twitter and Instagram. And, and so when you promoted stuff, you went there. And so we were driving all around the country. You do this like, you know, writing, recording, um, promoting, touring. And then you'd go to Japan and do the same thing. Yeah. And then Europe and Australia. and um, Good MRs? Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good. <laughs> I'm never buying a plane ticket again <laughs> in my life. BA, yeah. BA gave me a jet. Yeah, it was decent. But it's it was really hectic, man. And if I'm honest with you, like the time I the times I enjoyed the least were the first, like probably I mean, don't get me wrong, we had some of the best times, yeah. but they were also some of like the hardest times. How come? Just because you go from like being 17, just really enjoying school, like life's cool, like yeah. life's great, I'm happy. No worries. No worries, happy teenager yeah. to suddenly you're like thrown into the spotlight. And this is not like a woe is me story because no. we had it good. But I think for me, it was suddenly like everyone I was around, like my, my peers and like going back to school was just suddenly weird when I went to visit people or when yeah. I went to see mates at their uni and everyone just was talking about you or just, thought you were a certain thing and yeah and you it was just a weird time and where you genuinely didn't feel like you could just chill chill and just have your own kind of existence you know um but once i'd kind of you know five years down maybe no three four years into it i'd kind of found my feet in it all and i think we very much just stayed together as a band thankfully yeah. the four of us got on really well and we never got sucked into that kind of celebrity lifestyle like our management were great and we I just stayed hanging out with all my schoolmates. Yeah. We had this band house in North London. Whereabouts in North London? Um, do you know, High, High, it's called High Road in Whetstone. Do you know yeah, Whetstone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we just basically, I mean, this is classic, like Tom and Danny, like Danny's from Bolton, uh, Tom North Harrow, like very modest upbringings. Yeah. They suddenly signed this huge record deal and they're like renting this five bedroom house in North London, buying TVs and beds and just like, yeah, yeah. And set four 17 year old guys moving into a house like it was it was good times you know yeah. and but we never went like it's the point is that we never went into town like clubbing and and yeah. down that route we kind of kept it more of the house party kind of vibe and yeah. so we always had each other you know like it was um if it ever kind of got stressful or a bit much you know we we always had the, the four of us always really got on well which definitely helped so um yeah, it was hectic. First few years was was really hectic. So you said that obviously there's a, a massive crossover with Busted. From, looking from the outside in, I would kind of assume that there was almost like a rivalry with Busted. Did was that is that a reality or was that never were you all like kind of mates behind the scenes or was there a little bit of a rivalry? Yeah, there was an unspoken rivalry. Oh yeah. Definitely, yeah, cuz you know, they were established. Yeah. They were smashing it like really successful and James obviously helped develop mcfly as i yeah. said so he was like was james a small one yeah small yeah. one yeah and he so he was super keen and excited about mcfly yeah um and then we went and toured with them so we supported them and this was before we'd done any promotion so no one really knew who we were yeah this was back in the days of like street teams you had street teamers like fan fan clubs and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and um yeah and so there was this very much this kind of hierarchy and and because we had the same management they very much made sure and we just naturally were like respectful to them but of we, we got on like but there was very much like a we're the top dogs and that was fine but then when we released it would have been a tipping point right well when you know when we released our like, first single it was like we're number one and they're like hey we're really happy for you and it's like 
are you though? Yeah, <laughs> like, like. And I remember this one point. It was uh, they used to have they used to do um, record of the year. Yeah. And it was a voting system, like all around the UK. It was a big show. I can't remember, like probably like Anthony Deck presented it, and you had all the bands in. So I remember one year it was like you know Westlife, McFly, Busted, and then you had a few solo artists, probably female and male solo artists, and all the big songs of that year. And Busted and McFly were, they'd had this kind of live chart of like who was winning, and it was neck and neck. And and Busted won, and I remember they their reaction was like, oof, okay, they. And we would have been happy too, but it was like they really did not want us to win, and understandably. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, Tom went to school with Matt, and right. so Matt's in Boston, and Tom. So it's, and all, so it's all quite incestuous. Yeah, as well. randomly, and Tom and Matt didn't get on at school; like they right. hated each other at school. Really? Yeah. And James, another random connection. James played Oliver in the West End, as yeah. as did Tom a few years after James. So they kind of knew of each other. Obviously, like I said, I went to school with Charlie. And yeah, there was just this kind of unspoken rivalry, but we did always get on. Yeah. And then, of course, they split up and they kind of went into the wilderness, particularly Matt and James. Charlie yes. went off and did his own thing. Yeah, yeah. And then 10 years later, like who could have predicted that McBusted would have happened? Oh, yeah. And then James and, James and uh, Matt joined forces with McFly. Yeah. And McBusted went on to be more successful than McFly and Busted had ever been as individual acts. Were they? Was it? Yeah, man. As a touring thing. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was It was crazy. So McFly, we'd still been, we'd been going at this point for like 12 years. So you guys hadn't broken up. We hadn't broken up. We, but you, they just then joined you. Yeah, so what happened was, like so the I've, Avengers I've jumped in. Like, like the Avengers Kind of, yeah. I'm Thor, by the way, so. Mate, uh, not with that lid. <laughs> not, not with that lid. I you just know. thought actually you're definitely more of a Thor. Okay. You look you look a little I'll bit take Captain, Captain you, America. Mate, you look a little okay, bit yeah, Captain America. I'll take you actually Captain do America. look a little bit like Captain America. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that. Um yeah, so I'm just thinking of who the other guys are now. Tom's definitely We've got Ollie Bruce as, Banner. O- Ollie as Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. For any of you guys that don't know Ollie, he's he's not a big lad. <laughs> Sorry, mate. So um yeah, man, I'm obviously jumping ahead in the story, but I just find it's it's a it's just an amazing thing that Matt and James were wanted busted to carry on. Yeah. And they were still riding high. You know, they just sold out like 10 Wembley arenas. They're killing it still. And Charlie just said, I don't want to do this anymore. And he just stepped away. And so it all finished for them. You know, Matt and James tried their sort of own solo individual projects. Didn't really happen. Yeah. And they kind of went, you know, quiet for like eight to 10 years. And McFly had just done like our 10 year anniversary, we've done five albums, everything's going well still, you know, not as big as we were, but yeah, still yeah. kind of selling out tours and stuff. And we had our 10 year anniversary concerts at the Royal Albert Hall. And we were like, okay, what can we do that would be really special? And so we had the idea of bringing Matt and James out on stage uh, to play a couple of McFly songs with us and maybe some busted songs. Yeah. And they came out on stage and the whole place, you know, you've been to Royal Albert Hall, yeah. it's an incredible venue, right? And this was four nights packed out. Matt and James came out to the intro of Year 3000, you may not know, but for like Busted Hard. No, mate, like, everyone knows, it's that, like song. A, yeah, everyone knows everyone that song. Yeah, everyone knows right? that song. That intro kicks in, Matt and Ollie, James. Ollie, do you want to sing it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> intro kicks in, Matt and James run out from the sides, the whole place goes like Bananas. crazy. And we jokingly put McBusted on the lighting yeah, rig. Yeah. And our agent and everyone was like they were like we need to announce a tour (laughs) i was like this is the shittest idea ever 
McBusted is a joke. We were joking. Like, this yeah. is a joke. This is not going to work. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're putting on 18 arenas. And we're like, okay, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. This is going to be embarrassing. Yeah. Tickets go on sale. Next morning, like, they've all sold out. We've added another 18. They sold out. You're headlining Hyde Park. It was just like, what? I mean, it was just... What just happened? What just happened? Oh, yeah, not only that, Backstreet Boys are supporting you. And so for Matt and James, it was this, like, beautiful moment, like, yeah. being experienced. Because, you know, they... The, at the back end of Busted, they'd been sued as well. They'd, right. they'd poured a load of money into defending themselves. They won. But they had a really tough few years. Yeah. And suddenly, like that, like watching Matt and James back on stage in arenas playing their songs with us, like it was a, a magical thing. Um, and now, obviously, like Busted are back together. Charlie yeah. thought, okay, thought, okay, that might be actually a bit of fun. So Busted are now back touring, and there we go. And you've, and you've moved on, and now you're, well... So what, what? Give me a year reference point. What year was kind of McBusted? So McBusted. That... See, the good thing about McBusted was all the success we had for a couple of years. Yeah. That finished like two thousand, end of two thousand fifteen, I think. Okay. And through kind of like an unplanned hiatus, like a couple of guys had a few things they wanted to pursue, yeah. and like Tom had a kid, I had a kid. Yeah. Tom had another kid, I had another kid, Danny had a kid. Like it was like, okay, this is quite a good time to sort of maybe just take a step back from touring life. And, yeah. Um so that was 2016. And then um yeah, but man. You've, you've been a very busy boy. So I was doing yeah. some some homework on you last night. Sweet, you've been Googling me, mate. Mate, I've been insta stalking <laughs> you, wiki, wiki hacking you. I had Julian Assange on speed dial just getting nice. some leaks. What did you get? I didn't know you won strictly come dancing. Yeah, man talent <laughs> what was that like oh dude um so it's crazy like i had to be persuaded to do it because yeah. i was just like i was like i didn't really know much about the show and then when i i did this i agreed to doing this children in need special that yeah i, read I was that. on the tour bus and they were trying to get one of us to do it it was after a gig and i yeah. had a few beers and i was like oh, yeah i'll do it be oh. a right laugh yeah and i did it and it was absolutely terrifying and i was like I'm never doing that ever again. And then the show was like, you you were good on that. We'd love you to come on the show. Yeah. I was just like, no, no way, no way. Like, that's terrifying. I'm happy just being the drummer in a band. I don't want to be on, like, national TV to yeah. 10 million people every week. And then eventually I got persuaded. And I was like, okay. And yeah, man. And it who, was, who, who persuaded you? Was that agent? Tom, no, was Tom, it agent? actually, was it my bandmate. Was it... My wife was kind of just supportive. She was okay. kind of gently nudging me. Yeah. She was my girlfriend at the time, but she was gently nudging me. My bandmate Tom was like, "Dude, you've got to do it. You, you yeah. know, you'll be good." And and my manager was like, "I really think you should do it." Dougie had also been asked to go on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. At right. the same time, yeah. we were both just like, "Dude, no way!" Like, no way. I'm getting fucking eaten by bugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like no way. And then suddenly. One day we'd both kind of got persuaded, and I remember this is back when we both used to be smokers. This is back like 2010, and we were outside having a smoke, and we were like, and I was like, dude, I was like, he was like, yeah, but and I think one of us said it was like, yeah, but dude, imagine if we both won, and then like cut to five months later, and we yeah, yeah. we both won the shows, and it turned out to be great for the band, and hundred you know, percent, you know, so yeah, so, to, I mean, it was a it was a hell of an experience, just packed with like nerves and, and what like, did it do for your profile did you did you were you suddenly because i'm i'm guessing from an outsider looking in that the audience that were following you through your music mm -hmm. would be very different to the audience that were following you through the dancing and through the 
you know, I, I can't imagine that there are many sort of 15, 16, 17 year old girls watching strictly ballroom dancing. No, Is that very much. Yeah, man, spot on. And, and it became a thing of like, oh, I only watch strictly because you're on it. Or yeah. fans suddenly at gigs or signings were like, oh, my, my granny, my granny <laughs> yeah. oh, my, no, my granny loves you. My granny says hi, you know, or my mum. She's um, bought these panties for you to sign. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God. Oh, yeah, man. So it was. Um, you're right. Like before, I guess I was just a member of McFly, and and only your your kind of fans know who you yeah. are. Um, and then suddenly, yeah, you're like, it's like I think it peaked maybe like 12 million viewers that year. Jeez. Every Saturday, it was suddenly a thing of like wherever you went, I was like, oh hi Harry, oh good luck on Saturday, yeah. well done on Saturday. And that's what I was terrified about. I was like, I don't want to put myself in that position, but. The thing is, actually, when you do something that is a really positive show that 100%. is just all about doing your best, like embracing it, enjoying it, challenging yourself, yeah. it became a really positive experience. And I, it sounds a bit corny, but like the fact that I was like giving people, <laughs> giving people pleasure um, <laughs> was a really, um, and, and, and just everyone, not just that kind of audience that yeah. I was used to. Like I met you going into the butchers or the chemist and people being like, oh, I loved your rumba on Saturday and, you know, yeah. and, and really chatting to you about it. And so it was actually not a scary and overwhelming experience. It was really nice just to chat to people about it. And um, you felt the love. Um, and, and also I imagine it's, you know, drumming and music is probably what you've done since you can remember. Whereas that's probably, although you've always probably had rhythm and been a good dancer, you know, learning a new skill and embracing something new and it also not not being everything to you was probably yeah. quite refreshing because it's they see you giving it a crack and giving you know you're giving your best and it's something new and exciting and they're kind of on that journey with you so yeah man it really was a turning point in my life and yeah. you know you you see people say that after having you know after having done the show and you think oh yeah come on but genuinely like it taught me a lot yeah about myself it taught me a lot about you know like you said, those things, challenging yourself, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, yeah, and because I was saying no to it before, I was like, no, because I was scared. I was yeah. just genuinely scared. I was like, I don't want to put myself through that. And and I thought, do you know what? I just got to go for this. Like, don't, you know, you'll regret it if you say no. Like, yeah. just the whole kind of philosophy that you <laughs> should follow in life. You've got, you've got to talk yourself into yeah. Most of the situations that you know are good for you are, are shit scary. So, so you scary. have to NLP yourself. Totally, you have to program man. yourself to totally. do. Totally, and the whole experience was terrifying and and stressful and like hard work and, but another thing like getting to learn a new skill, having like one on one training with a and a professional dancer, yeah. it'd be like someone wanting to get in shape and they have you every day for four hours. I mean, training we'd be doing eight hours, but you can't be like working out for eight yeah. hours. But you'd be <laughs> you, like having you can. It would just be very yeah, ineffective. Yeah. <laughs> You'd say having like two sessions with you every day for yeah. like it's a it's a joy like wow what a, what an amazing thing to have someone you know who's so great at this skill teaching you and also I happen to you know like have a you know I was okay at it you know I yeah, kind yeah. of um, well, you, picked mate, you, it up. you're more than okay at it you're yeah so it um it turned out to be a great thing and and um yeah man like you know you're on the front page of the paper suddenly and yeah. like people are interested in everything like your love life, your marriage. Your... But thankfully it hasn't been, you know, too bad. I guess the only annoying time is suddenly when, then when you go home and everyone like suddenly wants to be your mate. You know, yeah. I experienced it with McFly, but then suddenly 
your mum's mates want to be your mate yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. It's opened Not, you up to a yeah, whole new demographic. Exactly, yeah. So um, in terms of career highlights, was was that was that one of them? Or is what, what would you say is your career highlight to date? Man, I would say for me, it's just the accumulation of like, 12 years of being in a band yeah. with three like legends great guys yeah. like you know like brothers them it's more than friends it's more it's it's family like you you go through something that not many people in life experience like it's a very strange experience you know the stresses the pressures the like but the highs the lows ups the ups and downs and, and you you know you live that together um and so just the fact that we achieve that and hopefully we'll continue to achieve that when we, when we decide to get our asses in gear and carry on. But so I'd say the, the accumulation of, of like the, the entirety of McFly and then also, yeah, definitely winning Strictly because, yeah. Um, yeah, suddenly when you're doing it as well, you're like, wow, this really is a competition. Like, I want to win. Yeah, <laughs> so, of you know, the competitive juice Exactly. And I, I'm, yeah, man, I, I didn't deny it. I'm, I'm incredibly competitive. And so... You, um, you mentioned you played a bit of rugby. You mentioned you played yeah, a bit of cricket. cricket so yeah. If you're a sportsman, you have that that inner totally. competitive yeah, streak. Exactly. And it's all about the training and then performing and, you know, when the occasion is put in front of you. So, yeah, that. And then, um, yeah, I guess also having a family has been a huge part. Yeah. You know, that's like the most important thing to me now. So, and I've done some 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 cool things since. But I think, yeah, McFly and, and Strictly are definitely my highlights. So the whole point of this podcast is it's very much fitness fun fatherhood and a load of stuff in between so if we're going back to its core of fitness yes mate um i was stalking your instagram last night and mm -hmm. damn son <laughs> you're in shape aren't you um like you're in nick like serious yeah. nick yeah what? well okay so at the moment, I'm doing this show yeah. called Rip It Up, which is... Um, well, you are, ri you are ripped it up. <laughs> so if any of you yeah. guys don't follow Harry on Instagram, what is it? At Harry Judd. Yeah, I think so. Just at Harry Judd. I think Judd, it yeah. keeps it simple. At yeah. Harry Judd. Yeah. Check him out. Like, There's a couple of shirtless pics up there. And I was just like, he is in serious <laughs> shape. Yeah, so this show is a dancing show that I'm in. I play a bit of drums as well, but it's basically a 60s, a celebration of 60s music through dance and singing. And, uh, and it's on the West End at the it's moment. It's on the West End at the moment, the Garrick Theatre. And it's like really intense physically right so eight shows a week shows like two hours 10 minutes Ooh. and it's just cardio like high intensity cardio but like if i'm going to talk completely like honestly like it's hard you know talking talk about your sort of physique like in most like setups it's i feel like this is a comfortable setup to talk about it because yeah, like, yeah, i yeah. assume the people listening they they're most, interested in fitness and most it's, people that listen to this podcast are fitness enthusiasts exactly. fitness nerds they're yeah. interested in in health and fitness and nutrition everything. exactly so for me it's a nice platform to be able to yeah. talk about it without feeling like you're going to be judged or like you're and also you don't have to dumb it down so like you can't be yeah. like yeah like i you know yeah, i work out i work out a little bit you <laughs> yeah know, you can you can let you know yeah. i'm actually genuinely interested in what fitness sure means to you and what it looks like to you so for me i um we were um recording our fifth album back in like 2005 uh no when was it 2009 2010 and we were on a plane back from Australia where we'd been recording and we were like, oh man, you know, we should really like get in shape for this next album. Like, come on guys. Like we've been going like, t you know, f six years now. Yeah. Let's be honest. Most of our fan base are like female. Like we should be looking after ourselves. Yeah. 
and we're like when we get back to london like let's just get personal trainers and just you know let's obviously not go crazy with it but let's just try and get in shape because bear in mind i left school i was into like other recreational things (laughs) i played a lot of sport at school but then joined a band and then just didn't play sport for like three four years did no exercise just did things that people that are in bands do and so i was like yeah okay yeah let's do some fitness um i got myself a personal trainer and i was like i remember the first conversation i had with him i was like you know dude i you know i don't want to be like obsessed with it and you know i don't want to look like those freaks doing the gym you know i just want to like get in a bit of shape and before you knew it like you know i was doing a couple of sessions a week i was like you know man this is all right i was like maybe we should do three a week and maybe we should do four and then i was like i'm gonna join a gym and and you're hooked and before you know it i was like you know really into it and so that's kind of how it started for me and in terms of like my physique um i was always like quite lean even before i'd sort of started exercising yeah i didn't have good shape like i i was pretty skinny like bony, yeah, but, but most, quite lean. Most, most 17 year olds are pretty skinny right yeah now. for sure but even Especially I mean, guys that play sport yeah but i mean like you know i was a scrum half like my mates were always a lot broader than me you know yeah. like and um you know my dad's super tall and skinny and you know so i kind of inherited his kind of genes and so when i started working out i guess like fortunately for me i just kind of put on a bit of size put on yeah. muscle and i didn't really have much body fat to lose anyway so you, so you it was the perfect trifecta you know yeah pretty lean much. gains lean gains yeah. exactly and so you know and i always say to people because it's, it's like oh yeah poor you oh you, you know and i'm like no but I'm, that's just the reality of it yeah, like yeah, yeah. the downsides are that i'll never be a huge huge yeah. and not that i want to be but there's been times where i've wanted to be bigger and it's a lot harder for me to get bigger Absolutely. like my legs are horrific i've you know i've taken myself to the point of injury trying to get bigger legs yeah and they just won't i mean i know if i really committed i, I probably could but trust me i've like really committed to that yeah. kind of that look and that's not as easy so for people mate no one likes training legs all those, <laughs> all those people that say yeah leg days yeah leg day kicks ass I'm no like, leg day sucks leg bro. day sucks <laughs> like sucks. if you want to go into the gym and train a bit of chest train a bit of biceps yeah. that's a fun that's session fun yeah going sure. in and getting under a heavy squat bar until your arsehole falls out mate that's not a lot of fun no, for anybody dude, no and the thing is like yeah so for me i'd always kind of like I said, I, I quite quickly just put on muscle and, and didn't have much like body fat to yeah. lose. Um, so, and I, I enjoyed cardio as well. I enjoyed yeah. the high intensity training, like kind of before like hit became yes. a real thing. I was really into like, okay, let's lift those weights and then let's do some sprints. And then let's, that was always like a vibe for me anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I'm doing this dancing like. So you're, so judging from your post, you I think you made a post like four or five days ago with, mm-hmm. and you looked in, decent nick yeah that's not just from dancing you, you must be you must be training on top of that or is that well, just look, purely be, from be, dancing to be complete no i'm training on top of that okay, yeah yeah fine. I'm, I'm lifting a bit, you know, some weights on top of that but to be honest like you know people are like oh man you're in great shape at the moment but to be honest from the moment i started training yeah back in 2010 to now i've pretty much consistently stayed that level of like really? yeah i have yeah, because yeah. for me it i don't really I'm 33 now and I still haven't people are oh you wait and maybe it will but I just I, I shed like fat yeah. very quickly if I if I ever 
put any on. Mate, if you're doing 16 hours of dance cardio a week, as yeah, well, good luck, good luck, yeah, yeah, good luck yeah. trying to get get fat on that. But even like before that, like I mean, yeah, I, I did. I'd always train hard and I yeah. eat pretty well, but it wasn't, I think, as much of a struggle as what some people have to go through. And, yes. Um, but again, this, at the same time, like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never have the size that some people be able to achieve. But yeah, man, I, I'm at the moment. Uh, doing a lot of dancing. And so, yeah, so you're dancing eight eight times a eight week times with a your week. show. Then yeah. what? Train lifting weights. Four lifting or five weights, on top of that. I'd say maximum four because okay. two, uh, the, this show is eight shows a week. So we do two on a Wednesday. So I don't yeah. train on a Wednesday. We do two on a Saturday and two on a Sunday. Wow. And then one on a Thursday, one on a Friday. So you can and imagine Mon- Monday, Monday morning, Monday and Tuesday are off. So Monday okay. I wake up like uh, like dead. dead after a four show weekend. And sometimes if my kids are like at nursery or like yeah. they're not around, if they're, you know, with my wife or whatever, I can like drag, drag my ass to the gym and just lift some weights. Yeah. Like really like spending an hour and a half, lift some weights, just stare at my phone for five minutes, <laughs> yeah. lift some more weights. But Double espresso between sets. Sure, exactly. Yeah. But for me, it's like, you know, I feel like it's... Um, even if I'm knackered, I still kind of enjoy it. Yeah, you, I still feel like I've done something. For me, like exercise, the way I sum it up, for, you know, because my job is not very, my career just never really has like a routine or a consistency. Right. Exercise for me, it's like I describe it as the one constant in my life. Yes. Like something I can always like rely on in that it's something that makes me feel like I've done something productive, something 100%. positive. And okay, that box is ticked, you know, like even if you've got nothing on that day, if you get the gym done, you're like, sweet, good, I'll chill for the rest of the good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've achieved something. I 100% understand that. So it's, it is one of those things where I think most people are, they, they crave an element of routine and it's also committing that time to, to, to better yourself and to invest in yourself because you know that it's good for you. You know that whilst you know doing it might be hard, that the feeling you get afterwards is, is very rewarding and you know, you look incredible. So yeah, it's one of, it's one of those thing. things where it's you know that what you're doing is working and it's keeping you at a level. You're 33. I think you don't look a day over 25. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you're already yeah, man, on, I think you so. know, you're already on the, the upside of that as in it's obviously paying dividends for you. So it yeah. does make it worthwhile. And, the, and the, you know, for me as well, in the kind of um, career that I have, when I did Strictly, I'd been training for a couple of years before that. And, you know, like people comment and then after that certain magazines want to do shoots with you and then certain brands want to work with you and and so the other like sort of aesthetic gains you know people may see it as a sort of shallow thing but you know it does have a positive hundred percent like output in that sense and for me it's you know like like you say it's about looking investing in yourself like looking after yourself um and yeah and and for some reason i just really enjoy it I know a lot of my friends in the past are like, oh, dude, how can you be asked? Like, I want to get in shape. I just can't be asked. And I'm yeah. like, I get that because I think I, I used to say that yeah. when I was, you know. And also, I'd, I'd see people, like, in shape, and I'm just like, oh, what a loser, man. You spend that much time. You obviously time. have no life. Yeah, you yeah. spend that much time caring about what you look like, and you just throw it off as narcissism and just, like, pff, whatever. But there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, you know, I'd be lying if I said I I don't enjoy the you know the aesthetic gains, but there's so much more to it than that. Like the, just the like the health benefits and particularly like the mental health benefits yeah. are huge. So, um, well let, let let's touch on that because I know that you wrote 
a book, right? Yes, So mate, two yeah. years ago, you mm-hmm. wrote Get Fit, Get Happy. That's right, yeah. Um, Which some people took a bit literal. <laughs> some people were like, fuck you, man. What are you saying? If I'm not ripped, I'm not going to be happy. And I'm like, no. That's not what you meant. That's not what I meant. So how did that come about? And, and what, what's, kind of the, what's kind of the book about? So basically, um, when we'd kind of, you know, we're having this sort of unplanned hiatus with McFly, you know, we were all just a bit like, Ooh, okay, what are we going to do now? Tom had gone off writing like kids books. Um, Doug was doing a bit of acting. Danny just carried on writing music. And I was a bit like, oh, shit, okay. Well, what do I enjoy? And I love, you know, training, exercising and fitness and stuff. So I was, you know, I wasn't instantly like, well, uh, let's do a book. So I got a following. I was like, could You've I got do- something to share, right? Yeah. Could I do a book? I was like, I kind of was a bit dubious about it because, you know, it's, it is potentially sometimes frowned upon like celebrity doing a book, yeah. get, you know, get fit in six weeks, get shredded in eight weeks or whatever. And I, I wasn't really interested in that partly because I'm not qualified to be giving out that advice and I just couldn't lie my way through that I felt like you know I'd feel bad if I did that so I just I wasn't interested so I went away had a real think about it and I I felt I had a good concept you know I'd personally been through some like pretty low times some dark times in my early 20s and mid 20s well Um, when when things were maybe quiet with the band or, um, or just no or more just... actually like when I was busy with a band yeah. I mean it was totally like self-inflicted whether I'd have struggled with anxiety without yeah you know things anyway but I'd I'd you know take some drugs back in the early days yeah. drunk a bit too much rock and, and roll I, lifestyle rock and roll lifestyle yeah. and it kind of caught up with me um and because of that I'd, I'd suffered with anxiety like quite badly yeah. and um and when I was kind of to the point where I stopped um I stopped obviously stopped well, the first terrible experience I'd had, the the kind of blessing from that was I never took drugs ever again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then about three or four years later, I started to experience similar uh, problems from when I was drinking alcohol. Yeah. So then I stopped drinking booze because the kind of effects were so horrific with the right. anxiety I was suffering that I was yeah. like, this is just not worth it. So I stopped drinking when i was like 26 and that was around the time i'd found exercise as well yeah and yeah and i just realized this amazing kind of mental health benefits i was getting from exercise you know from the short-term feelings of the kind of buzz and the, the yeah. vibe that you get from training but then also the the knock-on effects from the fact that i was then you know okay i was training so that motivated me to eat better and then obviously now so I've talked about a lot more but you know the the mental health benefits related with what you put in your body and the fact that then i was like oh i'm quite tired i'm gonna go to sleep now and so (laughs) i was sleeping good hours and i was sleeping more and then the the benefits i was deriving from that were huge as well so i was like wow okay the the catalyst to all of this is the exercise yeah and having been in a band and seen this kind of often a teenage fan base is rife with like anxiety and depression and And this was about three or four years ago when fitness was really coming mainstream, particularly through Instagram and stuff. And a lot of it was focused on how to get ripped, yeah. how to get, you know, in shape in 10 weeks or whatever it may be, whatever hook it was. And yeah. I was like, no one's really like talking about the other benefits here. The mental health benefits. Exactly. The, and the, I th- exactly. Putting your body and your mind in a good place. Right? Quite. So I thought, well, maybe I am qualified to speak about that because I've experienced it firsthand. And I thought maybe that is a really positive message to give across to the to the people that do follow me and that mm. might be interested yeah. in this. Absolutely. So I was then really kind of motivated by that. I then went on 
you know, did months and months of research and interviewed loads of specialists and, you know, just put together this kind of concept for a book that um, would hopefully encourage people to, to exercise, but not from a sort of go to the gym point of view. No. You know, I was like, so look, personally for me, I love going to the gym, but hey, here's a way of like training if you're potentially a bit intimidated by it, you've never done it before. And so I try to kind of put all that concepts and philosophy into a book. So yeah, no, I thought that, and it, and it sold a ton, right? Yeah, it did pretty good. It yeah, did pretty good. It did pretty good. You're and the, you're, you the, know. you're the most modest guest we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, we did okay in a band. Yeah. Seven number one, seven UK <laughs> albums, world tour. Yeah, book book did okay. Sold it, a shit ton. It was good. I mean, the thing is though, for me, like, obviously that's the goal. Yeah. And you know, I could have done a second book, and but for me, and I, I really enjoyed it, but that was that was my offering were you proud of what you produced i was proud of what i produced definitely but i i think there was a certain feeling of like this is not my calling though Got i it. felt like a lot of there's a lot of people out there like yourself you know the many people out there that actually that's this is your calling yeah like this is your speciality this is what your your absolute passion whereas mine is definitely spread to, to music like performing and fitness and it was the first time i'd entered into that world yeah and it was very different like it was a, it was fun but it is a bit weird sometimes it right? is weird <laughs> i can see your it eyes is weird. And what it do, it's a little bit weird what it doesn't have at the end of it for me was the performance yes there is an element of performance in it but i wasn't then going out on stage 100 percent, and being I like let's play my drums or let's do some dancing so i enjoyed it i was very appreciative for the opportunity but i i, I feel like i've maybe moved on but i'm still always keen to like chat about it and, yeah. and potentially pursue any other opportunities that may come about cool um so let, let, let's uh obviously you're, you're on the dad podcast mm -hmm. you're about as far from a dad bod as we've had <laughs> um talk to me about your your wife your kid so you met your wife at work right yeah man she's uh she's a musician as well so we met on mcfly's second tour it was our first arena tour was it love at first sight it pretty much was. We was met, it? yeah, we met, we, it was our second album we were touring, it's called Wonderland, and um, I was just waiting for a reaction from Ollie there, but nothing. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> don't worry, he's fired. <laughs> After this week, he's fired. And on that album, we had quite a lot of strings, and so for the tour, we had like a 16-piece orchestra, and my wife was one of the violinists. Um, and we met in a church, we were doing a radio, a live radio um, gig, and um, we had six of the musicians, I think, um, playing with us for the first time and we were all like super excited about meeting these violinists you know we're like, oh i wonder if any of them are hot you know <laughs> lads lads lads, lads, yeah, lads, lads. and um did, did any of the other guys try and play shots at your missus no danny got with the clarinetist <laughs> and they still together <laughs> no no <laughs> no um and i remember when the tour actually started izzy was ill and the the agent for all the musicians was like we got to rehearsals and he was like oh one of the violinists is is actually ill, so she's not going to be on the first half of the tour. And I was thinking in my head, oh, it's blatantly going to be that Izzy girl. And so we all wrote her a card and just like, well, they got a card like for her and we had to sign criminal, it. And Dougie criminal. wrote in it, you're hot, love Dougie. So, you know, I knew at one point he did think she was hot, but. And does he, does he like flagrantly deny that now? Like, no, nah, mate, never, <laughs> never. No, he wouldn't deny it. He's like, yeah, yeah probably. Um, yeah, making him out to be a complete sex pest. But he's, um, yeah, man. So that was where we met. And we eventually got together at the end of that tour. Right. I was 19. She was 21. Wow, so still quite young. Yeah, man. So you've been together 12 years? 13. 13 and years. And a half. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so how, long, how long have you been married for? We've been married for, um, shit. 
six Se- years? Six, seven years. Six, seven years. Yeah, six years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. And you've got two very cute kids. We have two children, yeah. Lola and Kit. And from a... Um, so your your missus is kind of... Is it a mum blogger? Is, so she, is she a mum blogger? Is, so that, is that how she would in, introduce know, herself? Yeah. Or mm, probably not? I, she, she Maybe she cringes at having to introduce herself as that. like. But I guess how she would... Uh, she has that same issue as me of like, yeah. oh, so what do you do? And she's like, um, okay, here we go. So she also, off the back of that McFly tour, she started a court. They started a quartet for right. the, four of the girls, and they went on Britain's Got Talent. Um, okay, as a Scala, they were the Electric String uh, Quartet. I do remember. I do bell. kind of remember yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah, rings yeah. a bell. So they played a, like electric violins. Yeah. And they came out, and Simon Cowell was like, "Hello, Ching. yeah." So they got to the final Britain's Got Talent, they they got a record deal with Simon Cowell, like their album went to number two, they toured around the world. This was whilst we were together as well. Wow. So so she's kind of experienced a so bit. She's a, mu- she's a musician, so she's, she'd probably say, I'm a musician. She's a proper musician, yeah. So she's got that thing of like, I'm a musician turned, you know. She left that band because she really didn't enjoy the, the touring got aspect of it. And around that, in fact, just when she'd kind of left the band i'd said yes to doing strictly we just moved in together then Got it. um and then after strictly i'd proposed to her she actually then started this online business she did for a couple of years but then finished that then we decided to have children and basically she had quite a sort of journey with her fi- well our i guess you'd say now in, in modern times yeah. our fertility journey um and um yeah it took us three years to have our daughter okay. um we had IVF, miscarriage, and etc. Sort of long story, and um, she just documented it all um, while right. she was going through it all. And because that is it, as as hard as it would have been, I bet it was also incredibly empowering. Really was, man. Like God, she, well, we, and particularly Izzy, you know, like went through it. Those yeah. three years were like the toughest years. And Jeez. once we'd had Lola, and like the dust had settled, she was like, I feel like I want to sort of maybe just like tell this story and yeah. i was like that's a great idea you could shine a really positive light on yeah. ivf and because we'd experienced this really these all these negative connotations that came with ivf really? and everyone being like oh man IVF, don't, that don't sucks. talk about it yeah, yeah, yeah or like or oh, you telling anyone or all oh, that sucks apparently it's really hard and horrible and and that wasn't our experience so she was really like passionately wanted to tell her her story so she then wrote a book and through that book her kind of following grew yeah. Her, like Instagram grew and and I so I guess through being in a scala and also you know when when I did strictly people are interested oh who's his girlfriend who's, who's his wife yeah, yeah like yeah. and so and then she did the book and that her kind of following grew and she just naturally found herself in this kind of space of of blogging I guess yeah I, I also think know? it's incredibly brave for both of you to to be so transparent and also to create that vulnerability and I think that's probably that's probably why people can relate to you and why people would follow it's because not many people openly would talk about that for whatever reason whether it's right or wrong yeah quite and yet i think being open and transparent with something that is so personal as well it will give a lot of people strength and you know that people yeah. that would look up to you or look up to her and say you know if they're going through it and they're sharing it and they're staying positive then it's okay. absolutely it's, it's okay man. it is completely normal and natural and healthy and mm-hmm. i think that's you know it's a very just like the anxiety thing. topic man it was like soon as you talk about it you realize it's not so scary to talk about it it's like the response is always really positive like 
Izzy was just suddenly inundated with these messages from other mums and also I'd get messages from dads being like oh dude thanks so much for talking about it like we're going through the same thing and because yeah. there's feelings of shame and guilt and like all these things that that we what Izzy particular went through and she just you know she's a very kind person and I think it's because it's so genuine and you know like the other day we were like, um, having a coffee together and she was ringing up like a travel agent or something about booking a holiday or something like that and then yeah. before i knew it she was having like a 10 minute conversation with this person about her fertility she was like oh is that izzy judge yeah oh i've read your book and oh thanks oh, wow. so much and you know, and so to izzy that's the payoff yeah you know that's the real you better payoff. got a discount on that tra- <laughs> <laughs> you better have got a discount mate. on Good that shout. on that travel package yeah man so that's the payoff really and so to have like a positive impact on people's lives is as you all know is like a real like an amazing kind of privilege you know yeah, it really is yeah. um and i'm sure you you find it with like clients or people that you that look to you for inspiration you know it's what a privileged position to be in and i've always kind of like been too honest and open anyway my whole life i just yeah. talk to anyone <laughs> so yeah it's just natural for us to just kind of open up and so so far so good i think that's pretty amazing one of the things we we try and do on this podcast is uh, around the whole fatherhood and parenting thing so let's say so you've got two kids yeah what is the uh what is the best bit of advice you could give to any new parent or anybody that's that's about to become a parent oh man um (laughs) okay um put you on the spot yeah i'm just trying to think doesn't have to be profound or deep, like just something that you would have liked to have heard yeah. when you were when you were starting out. I think one thing that my wife always says that I agree with is those first moments, like those that first two three weeks where you're just like shell shocked, shell shocked, <laughs> yeah, and on a cloud of like tiredness but also like euphoria. Yeah, I have a slight regret with our daughter in that. I was so kind of overexcited and just wanted everyone to come over and meet her and like, yeah. and and this felt this kind of pressure to kind of okay let's get up let's let's do stuff like let's take her out and and actually just stop just pause your life for like three four weeks until you whatever you know maybe you have to go back to work or whatever it is as the husband or whatever yeah. and just forget about everything and just enjoy that moment like it's the most magical. Th- thing ever yes and i think izzy feels that as well that she wishes she could have just stayed in bed for those and you did that and you did that with your second one yeah Yeah. and just and just stare at them and just enjoy it like the thing is the interesting thing man though the second one it was totally different experience because i'm conscious of when i talk about my daughter's my daughter the birth of my daughter yeah it was euphoric it was magical and i instantly like fell in love with her but i'm conscious because like i know that's not the same experience for everyone. And it, and it, and I experienced, I didn't experience that with my son. Really? Yeah, it was totally different. I was like, okay, this he's guy's, this guy's cool, yeah, okay, all right, mate. He's a dude. He's a dude, yeah. you know? And I don't think it was that like, ew, like, laddie lad, thing. Lad, it was, lad, yeah, lad, yeah, lad. all right, mate, yeah, mate. It was just like, I think it was just different. And I, it took me kind of a few months to really connect with him, but still, just, just take stock, just, just try and, switch off from everything and i guess that's something i'm still trying to look is i guess it's good advice anyway with children or no children it's something i'm still trying to do now of just being able to just have moments in the week or even in a day where you just 
fucking just switch off. Yeah. Like these phones, like yeah. it's just like constant. And you know, like yourself, like you're opening this new gym and like I'm doing whatever, like I'm constantly going from place to place, emails, like yeah. social media, like doing a show. And it's like, you can very easily just get completely consumed. So I, I really try and kind of have those moments in the week where I just switch off, particularly around my children as well. That's I'd say that's probably the biggest change that over the last 18 months I've put in. So I actually, I used to, I used to rush home kind of at the end of a day yeah. before I should have done mm -hmm. because I still had work or I still had a post to do or yeah. I still had this, that and the other lurking over me. Mm. And I would go home just to be there but I was never really there. And you're not there. Because I wasn't present, because I knew that I had emails to send, I knew that I had calls to make. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I'm, I had an agreement with, with Sophie, my wife, and said, look, I'm gonna stay an hour later, please don't put him to bed. Yeah. So I get home at around 7.30. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm home, Switch my phone's off. away, mm -hmm. my laptop doesn't get opened, and I'm with him for 45 minutes, but it's pure, it's playing, it's washing, it's yeah. feeding, it's having fun, it's cuddling, it's wrestling, it's whatever. Exactly. And those 45 minutes of pure unadulterated attention yeah. will be way better than two hours of one eye on, one eye off. Totally, so. man. I had a moment like about six months ago that, you know, they say like, oh, children would teach you things. But yeah. the first time I ever experienced it was I was with my daughter and she just got her first bicycle and we've got the stabilizers on and I was taking her out. And How old is she? Uh, she's three and three months now. Okay, so uh, same age as my boy, pretty right, much. Yeah, yeah. So she was going along on a bike and she was like, oh wait, daddy, stop, stop. So I kind of helped her stop. And she's like, I just need to check my phone. And she got her hand, the palm of her hand and used her index finger to fake swipe through a phone. And I was like, oh God, what have I done? Yeah. And I'm like, that's because she's seen me on my phone. Yeah. And I was like, that's so depressing. Like. So now, and, and I don't think I was too bad, like, but yeah. obviously I was bad enough. And so. But also I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about that because. No, but it's, it, it's you just it, go into zombie mode, yeah. don't you? Before you know it, you flicked your phone open. And I'm like, what am I even looking at? Yeah. My children are right there. Put it away. I, I, I completely get that point of view, but also I wouldn't beat yourself up because they are going to be exposed to phones. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way that the integration of technology into everyday life, it is inevitable. Obviously we can. You know, so the school that my son's probably going to go to is an Apple school, and like they do, they don't even have books anymore. It's all it's all on an iPad. They get really? an iPad, but so do you know what I mean? So it's oh one of these gosh. things where it's <laughs> this is a, this is a normal state school in Hackney, really? uh, but it's it's so that's why I'm not I'm not too afraid of him being able to use a phone or use an iPad or use mm -hmm. a computer. But it's also we you know we have some rules in our house like unless he's sick, which we, then he can watch as much TV as he likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But totally. you know we we go out and we play and we use toys mm -hmm. and we don't have TV and TV is a treat and mm -hmm. it, you know if you want to watch YouTube it's a treat and yeah you, and you can't swipe on videos. That, that's right, our right, thing. So right. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah your attention span. It's exactly that because yeah, he's dude. like ding 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 and he ends up watching some real garbage. Oh, yeah, man. I know. Like, you know that Johnny Johnny Yes Papa? Have you seen that? <laughs> no, okay, I don't want just, to. Just Google it. Google Johnny Johnny Yes Papa. <laughs> and if any of you guys uh, listening have a spare two minutes, Google Johnny Johnny Yes Papa and see what comes up. Kids are good cardio though. Like they're good. Like because you're always out. I'm like right out around. we go and you're like running after them or like having to entertain them. It's a bit of like, you yeah. know, yeah, like 100%. clean and press with the kid, you know, like yeah. it's a good workout. Dad strength. Dad strength. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, I have two now, so it's quite fun. Plan, plans for any more? Oh man, I think we always wanted more, but when really? you have two. <laughs> so, so is, so we're, we're in the conversation at the moment of, um, 
you've got we we've got one mm -hmm. and we would i think we would almost definitely like two mm -hmm. but everyone we speak to is like it's so much harder it is man but once your because your kid will be at school yes in september or the year after right he'll, no he'll go to preschool kind of like yeah. reception class in september so you'll be fine dude we had our son when lola was 19 months oh, so that was when it was like two under two. Oh my god <laughs> yeah so but like it's already easier now like kit will be starting nursery in in september so and then suddenly they're at nursery for a few mornings a week and you're like oh i have you a get morning. some time back yeah exactly so go for it though go for it we're undecided but it's it's so full-on i met someone the other day that had six and was like yeah i want another one I was like, "You're mad." Yeah. That's how. How is that possible? You're either incredibly wealthy, incredibly, yeah. incredibly stupid, yeah. or just you love your life. Man, I don't know how people do it. It's crazy, but they do. They do bring uh, a different level of joy. Yeah. To anything else. And stress. And stress. <laughs> <laughs> but joy. Oh uh, yeah. Joy, joy, and stress. Yeah. If anyone's listening, is about to have kids. Don't worry. It's, it is epic. It's incredible. So my, my, the overriding thing I always say to people that are just about to have a child, that I always say it's way more fun than people let on. Yeah. People always talk about how hard it is because that, that's, that's easy to do, but mm -hmm. it is way more fun and you do get through it. Like the hard times, you ride them out and the good times, they're higher than anything else you've ever experienced. Totally, so. and, and actually I only complain a lot more since having two. When I had one, I was like, this isn't that bad. Like what was everyone moaning about? I was like, it's great. Like <laughs> look how cool she is, look how sweet she is. Like. It wasn't until then we had two. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is pretty hard. Yeah. So no, you're right. It's not. Obviously, it depends on the kid, but it's it's ultimately like it's cool. Well, you have been an absolute gem of a guest. Sweet. It's been so easy to talk to you. Thank you so Pleasure. much for being so open and vulnerable I hope and transparent. We've about fitness enough. Sorry, if we hey, haven't. Do you know for what? Those fitness in, enthusiasts. Do you know what? I have found it incredibly interesting because. I didn't know half of that stuff about you. And I, I told you I wiki-stalked you last mm -hmm. night. Um, so I really appreciate you being so honest Pleasure, and, and open. And for any of you guys that are listening and and want to kind of follow what Harry's up to, it's at Harry Judd at Instagram. If you guys want to go check out his show, it is incredible. It's been getting rave reviews. It's on the West End. It's Garrick Theatre. The Garrick Theatre. How long right. is it on for? Another six weeks or until June the 2nd. Okay, so this podcast, when it's out, there'll probably be another five, four or five weeks left. So make sure you get your tickets. It, it will be selling out fast because it Come is a very, very good show. But speaking of very good shows, I hope you have enjoyed this one. Uh, we really appreciate all of you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. We also really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a rating, leaving us a review. That helps this podcast climb up the charts and therefore more people can enjoy it. So if you've enjoyed it, please take the time to rate it, leave a review, and we will give you so much love. If you haven't enjoyed it, just leave it, all right? Just leave it out, yeah? Yeah, if you haven't enjoyed it, Actually, no, even they probably won't be listening. Actually, if yeah, you, you would, it, yeah, you would have turned off they by now. Stopped. Okay, we're safe, man. But from this episode of the Dad Podcast, I'm Sean Stafford. We've had Harry Judd in the studio. We hope you guys have loved it. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>